This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! 18, it's good to welcome you back on Halftime. Where have you been and how you doing? I'm good, guys. I think there were a few a few weeks there where just schedules overlapped, and I think you guys know this time of year, you know, you're trying to just do everything you can to ramp up so that when the games start, you're good to go, whether it's from a business perspective, whatever. So I think there was a few times I had a random call here or there that I couldn't get out of. And then, uh, yeah, last couple, I guess, Two Fridays ago, I left for vacation, and last Friday I was sadly coming back. I actually think the way that my flights worked, I was stuck in a in an airport and probably could have come on with you guys last week. But that's a long winded way of me saying it's good to be back. It's good to have football back, uh, and most importantly, it's just a pleasure to be with you two again. A little bit of a taste of uh, of college football tomorrow before we dive into it, you know, with a, with a few really good games, I think, next Saturday. And, and then, you know, things kind of really start getting going in, in week two. Notre Dame, Navy, I kind of got my eyes on tomorrow. Uh, a lot of folks would like to watch Caleb Williams, but good luck finding the Pac-12 network. And I've been saying there's prime example number one of why USC uh, wanted to leave the Pac-12 and one of the reasons why that league won't be existing much longer i mean i I live in la and i I, you know i i'll I'll be hosting fox sports radio during that game and you know i mean it's kind of our responsibility as a company to have every game imaginable available to us and even fox sports radio studios in los angeles do not have pac-12 network so yes somehow the pac-12 is dead yet the pac-12 network is still very much screwing over all of its teams um, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be fun tomorrow. And I, you know, I always try to look at week zero as kind of a soft launch to college football. I, every now and again, you get kind of a truly meaningful game. But for the most part, it's exactly what you said, Phil. It's it's interesting teams, but maybe not great matchups. But I am curious to see Notre Dame in year two under Marcus Freeman, um, and obviously Caleb Williams. I, I, like I think it's an interesting conversation um, about him as the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. I was telling somebody else this week is that it feels like usually when a guy comes back uh, from a Heisman Trophy winning season, there's some kind of chaos in the offseason. We all probably watched the Johnny Manziel documentary. Jameis Winston had a few off-the-field issues. It feels like it's kind of been business as usual for Caleb Williams. And again, living here in L.A., I obviously don't know him personally, but know people who are around him. They say he's really got that professional mindset, uh, not too high, not too low. So I'm just curious to see them as a program, but him as a player, because I think he's got, I don't think he's going to do it, but I think he's got as good of a chance as anybody to go back to back that we've seen here over the last couple of years. Yeah, he had over 4,000 yards passing last year, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, out, I mean, just outrageous numbers. Uh, Aaron, what, what, what do you think with Colorado this year? What's reasonable expectations for Deion Sanders in Colorado this year? Great question, Matt. You know, I think um, 
it was interesting. I, I think their over under win total in Vegas opened at five and a half, and now it's down to like three and a half. And uh, you know, with no disrespect intended, I, I think about four and eight feels about right. Not even just because, like, I'm not anti. Hey, you know, the team stunk, so flip the roster. I don't care. It's 2023. I, I you know, I have no problem with what he did. I just think people underestimate how good the Pac-12 is, and and you know, you look at the schedule. Um, just in, how about this, guys? Just in September, Colorado plays at TCU, the reigning national uh, runners-up. They play Nebraska at home. They play at Oregon, and they play USC at home. I mean, that's insane. Three top 20-ish teams within the first five weeks of the season, plus Nebraska in what's obviously a kind of a historic rivalry game with their own first-year head coach. So I just think you look at that conference. UCL, uh, USC is really good. Oregon's really good. Utah's really good. There's just not a lot of easy wins in that league, Matt. And so because of it, like I said, I, it feels like 4-8 uh, and eight probably feels about right. I mean, if he somehow got them to a bowl game with that schedule, I think it'd be an incredible coaching job. But I don't think it's realistic. And it's not just because of the roster turnover at Colorado. Aaron, one of the fascinating things is that you have these – you know, next year is where college football AD year yep. one starts. You know, so mm-hmm. the Pac-12 is blowing up. The Big 12 is changing into a whole other thing. And legitimately, like, they're good teams in the Pac-12, just like you mentioned. Um, it's not a it's not a one- or two-team race. Like, I kind of feel like maybe the Big 12 is. But you legitimately could see uh, USC versus UCLA, you know, whoever wins their division, you know, rising to win the Pac-12. And, like, good luck knocking Texas out in the Big 12 this year because they really look like they've got an outstanding roster. Uh, so like, wouldn't that be something if the Trojans win the Pac-12 and Texas wins the Big 12, Florida State's probably, I think they're the odds-on favorite to win the ACC. They're trying to blow that league up. It's just kind of <laughs> funny going into this season. Well, and it's it's interesting. I mean, I think you could even go back to when Texas and Oklahoma, when it was approved for them to leave the Big 12 early. My perspective on that was that it was the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, saying, hey, we're going to a 12-team playoff for at least the first couple of years. There's going to be six auto bids. And I think he was like, the last thing we want is for Texas or Oklahoma to win this league, win an automatic bid to the 12-team playoff, and then all of a sudden you're in a position where the, the conference looks weak or unstable because, oh my goodness, you know the best team in the league just decided to, to go to the SEC. And so I, I, I think it, it's interesting, Phil, and then I think to take it to an, another level, I was thinking about this the other day, Like I just think it's going to be interesting how we discuss Like, what are the conversations going to be this time next year about college football? I'll just give you a brief example. I was on air in Tuscaloosa earlier this week, and you know they were asking me, "Hey, what are your expectations?" And I said, "I think they, I I, I actually like Alabama probably more than a lot of people, but um, you know, I think they can make the playoff. And if you get to the playoff, who knows what happens?" And the host said to me, "He said, well, you know, if, if we make the playoff, I would consider that a successful season. Well, at Alabama next year, making the playoff takes on." completely different connotation and it's not just good enough to be there and so this time next year like you know I don't know like let's say Arkansas is coming off a nine win season we're talking about them as a potential playoff contender now I know they'd lose people and stuff but I'm just talking about it hypothetically um, Alabama on the other hand the, that that 11-2 season that they had last year it was deemed a disappointment but you still get into the field and what do you do once you get there so I, I think it's interesting to discuss that those perspectives of 
you know, one, what happens if a Texas is the best team in the in the Big 12 this year, if a USC is the best team in the Pac-12 this year, but then to take it even a step further, I'm just curious what those conversations are like starting next summer because it no longer becomes, hey, can Clemson get back to the playoff? It's like, no, Clemson is expected to be in the playoff, and then it's what they do once they get there. Same with Alabama, same with schools like that. So, With, uh, with the Big Ten and, and Jim Harbaugh out there in Michigan, what, what's going on out there? Is this kind of the distraction you were talking about? You know, Michigan's supposed to have their best team, Jim Harbaugh's best Michigan team that, uh, you know, as far as on paper. Uh, are they a legit title contender? Oh, I think so, Matt. And, you know, I'm not an NFL draft expert, but the, the draft people say that they're going to have 12, 13, 14 guys drafted this year. Maybe not quite what Georgia did a few years ago when they set a record with 15, but somewhere below it. But what I would also say, and, you know, listen, we all give our opinions this time of year. Some of them are right or some of them are wrong. I think Michigan is maybe better than any program in the country uniquely built to deal with Jim Harbaugh being away for three games. Let me explain why. It really goes back to two Februarys ago. If you remember, two years ago they make the playoff. It's a big surprise. They beat Ohio State. Everybody's happy. Jim Harbaugh immediately starts flirting with the NFL. And people forget this now. The guy went to interview with the Minnesota Vikings on National Signing Day. Like his own assistants, his own players, his own players' parents couldn't get a hold of him on National Signing Day. Um, and so that you take that into last year and you assume it's got to have some sort of hiccup and what does it mean and has he lost the confidence of the locker room? And then they go 13-0, and win the Big Ten, and go to the college football playoff. And so I just bring it up because this is a veteran group. They've been through two separate off-seasons where Harbaugh flirts with the NFL uh, and ends up coming back, and it's a story for a week or two or three. I just think for them, especially, and it's a lot of it is the schedule, but, but I think for them it's going to be business as usual. I'm not worried. If this was a three-game suspension in October or November, it would be a different deal. But those three games should be wins, and then you get them back for Big Ten play, and then it's kind of a Go time from there. Let's wrap up on um, on a thought on Swamp Kings. Um, sure. I, I've resisted watching this, though I did. Uh, okay. I did, and it's more because of the reviews that I've read about it. It feels like it might be a bit of a waste of time. I've got family that lives in Gainesville. There's a couple okay. cousins that have grown up there. They're they're huge Gators fans. They don't miss a game. Now I got a text from one of them yesterday. Said he watched it, devoured it in one night, declared it quote pretty a pretty interesting show unquote. <laughs> What is what is you what is uh what are you what are you giving thumbs up thumbs down thumbs to the side what do you think? I think thumbs to the side. I think thumbs to the side. Um, and the reason being is because listen, you know, I, I think it's a fun look back at a different era of college football. By the way, shout out to the 06 Hogs, the SEC West champs, baby. Um, they were prominently featured with that first uh, uh, SEC title or national championship run for for Arkansas. But why I bring it up is because when you um, when you watch the documentary, Phil, I will say, like, like I think if you have a few hours, I know you'll be traveling. It's worth flipping on. It's a fun look back, and you learn some stuff. I also, my perspective, and hopefully there's not too many spoilers, um, especially the the third and fourth parts are very heavy-handed towards, like it was almost like, let me put it this way, Phil. I'll try to be quick, and if I'm going long, cut me off. It's almost like Urban Urban Meyer basically clearly had some sort of creative control on this story. 
And it's almost like he watched the Mighty Ducks before he decided to do this. And, like, he wanted the Mighty Ducks ending. And it's just like, you know, those last couple years were pretty dicey. And there was a lot of stuff going on. And they just kind of skipped that last year when he comes back and it's a disaster. And they just kind of cut to him at the end at the swamp. Oh, you know, my greatest memories are here, blah, blah, blah. And then it's over. And so I'm not saying don't watch it. I actually, especially part one and part two, I really did actually enjoy Part three and part four, they definitely either glossed over or completely ignored some pretty important plot points if we're actually telling a legitimate story of what happened. So, you know, I'd give it a B minus, C plus. It's fine. I enjoyed kind of the college, because, you know, it's, it's, it's the last 20 years of college football. I watched all those games. So it was fun to revisit, but... There were some plot. There were some plot holes. Let me put it to you that way, guys. That, that's the best way I could put it. Fall season is just around the corner, and I know all of us are looking for that wholesome, convenient meal. We'll look no further than Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. And right now, use the code HTL50. Head to FactorMeals.com/HTL50 and get fifty percent off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off thanks to hit that line. The great thing about Factor, over 34 weekly prepared meals that you can choose from. Plus, you don't have to run around to worry about where you're getting lunch. Let Factor take care of it for you. Let me tell you the code one more time to help you get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more it's great to talk with Nate Olson, no matter what it is you're talking about, but especially when you're talking high school football, because he is the man with the sport. Covers it for Scorebook Live. He's been doing it for decades across the state of Arkansas, and he'll be on our airwaves at 10 o'clock tonight with the High School Football Scoreboard Show, along with Rex Nelson. Good afternoon, Nate, and happy football season. How are you? Oh, yeah. Great great day. Um and I know I know Matt can can appreciate this. He probably still remembers high school. Um, it's exciting. Yeah, this is exciting for everybody, the players and uh, the fans and and us that cover it. It's 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 a great time of year, and uh, we're ready for it. Really, really excited for today. We had a couple of games yesterday. Hazen shuts out Lee Van Buren takes down Alma. What was that? Van Buren beat Alma. Oh. 51 to 28. Mm. You, want to, you want to let Coach, Coach Drinkwich know Coach about this? Coach where, where y'all at? <clears throat> the Battle of the Dome. I like that that uh, series name. That's a, that's a good one. And Bryce Perkins, he's a really good quarterback. He's, we've talked about him before through several touchdowns last night. And uh, Malachi Henry has gone on to UCA. The coach's son, but found some other targets to throw to. So good night for him. 
we had a little disagreement with Coach Drinkwitz. Uh, he was on with Matt. I wasn't on the show that day at SEC Media Days, and he was convinced that he played for Alma when they beat Van Buren with Matt Jones on the team. And Matt's like, no, that never happened. He had transferred by the time by the time uh, Alma actually beat Van Buren. So, yeah, a little, little bit of a disappointment but, there with the coach. But you're right, Nate. We, we all do remember those high school days. He was throwing out some names, some Clark Moore, some Heath Kings, you know, some Matt yeah. Deffenball, some some old high school teammates that you have. Uh, it's uh, who, who are some of the favorites to, to win, win some of these state titles this year? Well, you start with Bryant, and that's kind of been a broken record. But we had we had kind of a tumultuous offseason, guys. It was, it was I was I'm ready to go on vacation after you know Memorial Day, and I was on the clock, uh, you know, on vacation and writing about Buck James going to Conway. And, you know, never thought that would happen. But uh, Claude Sanders is right at that ship, I think. And, and all everybody you talk to, it sounds like it's Bryant as usual. They are deep at every position. It looks like in. We'll help them tomorrow night in the salt bowl when it's 115 degrees and Benton doesn't have as many subs. That's so really going to help them. That's going to help them every week. I mean, there isn't even a 7-8 That's as close to as deep as them. So, you know, we've, we've got them uh, penciled in. They're ranked number one. Uh, I think until they lose and until they lose to an Arkansas team, you've got to consider them the favorite. Um, you know, in 6A, uh, you know, Greenwood was in the championship game last year. Uh, against uh, PA, they lost, uh, but feel really good about their chances. Uh, they are loaded at receiver. We talked all about Kane Archer. You know, he'll he'll start tonight um, against Stillwater, Oklahoma. It, the top, uh, I think he's still the top uh, ranked recruit in his class in 26. And uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do. But a lot of talent around him. His brother Cash is the linebacker. He's a Division One recruit several good defensive players there so uh, there will be some good competition in the sixth day PA will be there Little Rock Christian looked out of sight against uh, Benton last week in, the, in a scrimmage game and I take those with a grain of salt a lot of times um, I think some of the coaches do too actually you know, they, they kind of they, they don't game plan like they would a, a real game and, and things like that and try to get a lot of kids in but Little Rock Christian looked really really sharp and Walker White the best quarterback I think in the state people can agree with that uh, going to Auburn very very good player and he looked the part too so uh, that's 6A and, uh, Parkview um, you know it, it won their first championships in 78 uh, they they uh, are loaded again a lot of talent think they can win it again uh, Shiloh Christian with a new coach Tucker Barnard coming over from Stillwater Oklahoma um yeah, he'd been at Shiloh as an assistant. I uh, think they'll still be in the mix. And uh, Robinson, Pine Bluff, and Courtney Crutchfield, you can read about him. And his cousin, Charlie Collins, on uh, SB Live. Both of those teams could, uh, could make a run, too. So that's some of the bigger classes. And, um, you yeah, know, there's, there's, there's a, lot of good, a lot of good teams and good talent again in Arkansas this year. There's one game that our listening audience will be incredibly interested in, and that's the Battle of Fort Smith. North side versus South side. Mm-hmm. Be, is this, this going to be a good game? I think it will be a good game. Uh, you know, Kyle Sutherland, uh, our main contributor, uh, really, really good. Uh, you know, he has South side in the top 20, and I, I was a little bit uh, surprised by that. 16 returning starters. Um, Kobe Branham, the offensive lineman going to Arkansas. 
you know, Jim Dameron has got coached in college for years. He's come back to the state and I think he feels good about this team. I think when you're looking at dark horses and surprises, the West is a little bit open to me. I think it's, uh, you know, Benville West lost their quarterback and uh, they had been a team that was kind of fighting in there. Harbor's a little bit down. They've got a new coach. There, there could be, you know, a spot in there for like an up and comer to get in that third or fourth spot. And, uh, you know, that could be Southside, depending on how things go. But, um, you know, I, I, th- I think they that this will be a close game. You know, Northside has owned this series for a while. Uh, but uh, they do not have I – would, I would say they probably have more talent. And they've got some, some uh, good players on the roster, but they're not as experienced. They don't have as many starters returning. So, um, you know, I, I think I'd still go with Northside tonight. I think Southside – is going to be playing their best football later in the year. Uh, but, you know, would not be surprised if Coach Darren and company pulled this off. Uh, I think it's interesting, too, and I don't know if, if uh, Matt knows this guy, but McLean Moody, 6'6", 185, is the starting quarterback at Northside. I remember a guy that was about 6'6", 185, that played quarterback at Northside a few years ago. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard about him. I, I hope he, uh, you know, I'm pulling for him. I hope he does well. And, and that being said, I was going to ask you, what? where are some of the recruits? Like, are, are there some commits to Arkansas? Where are they playing this weekend? Well, you've got, uh, you know, Pine Bluff. You've got uh, Courtney Crutchfield that is, um, you know, at Pine Bluff. And they're playing in Grenada, Mississippi. Um, you know, they... They would be favored in that game, and and if you read the story, you know, it, it, I thought it was you know a good story about him and Collins, how they are, you know, cousins and grew up together, uh, and that you know that kind of thing coming out of Pine Bluff. So he is he's the number one recruit. Uh, Omarion Robinson is the number one recruit in the junior class. He's at Parkview. If you if you're in Northwest Arkansas tonight and don't have anything to do. I mean, I, I hope if you're a Harbor fan, you'll be at the game cheering them on. But if you're just Northwest Arkansas, just you know, not much to do, and your wife doesn't have you going out to dinner or something, you should go to uh, Harbor and watch watch Parkview. They're loaded with talent, and Marion Robinson uh, has narrowed his list down to ten. Arkansas is on it. A big time safety, uh, really, really good player. Um, you know, going to have a chance to. Uh, to, to go somewhere very very good and I think his stock's only going to rise so so uh, yeah you want to check him out uh, Kane Archer, Greenwood and he's, he's a guy that, that, that Arkansas has offered and you know we've talked all about him uh, really really good quarterback I'm interested to see, I mean he's been wanting to be the starter since last year and now he is, there's nobody you know going to take that job from him and it, it's his and uh, it'll be interesting to see how you know he does tonight against Stillwater, which is one of the top teams in Oklahoma. But they've lost their coach and they lost uh, Mike Gundy's son that was a quarterback. So maybe a little bit in rebuilding mode, and, and Greenwood can get that uh, that uh, win tonight. 
Nate Olson from Scorebook Live in the High School Football Scoreboard Show with us here each Friday now on halftime for the remainder of the high school football season. Um, Nate, I don't know if you saw about Tay Lockett, who just committed to Arkansas, first commit for the 26th class from Bellflower, California. They expect yeah. him to be four or five star uh, prospect by the time he's rated for the first time. Uh, but he called out, not called out, but he said one of his goals is to convince Kane Archer to sign at Arkansas or commit to Arkansas. Uh, I found that really interesting. I mean, here's a kid from all the way in California who's got connections to the state. I mean, his parents and his family are big Razorback fans. But uh, he's, I mean, every commit says they're going to do what they can to go get a great class. But he's, he's, he's calling out the guy who's got this reputation of being the, maybe the number one quarterback in that class, too. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. And, and I saw that, you know, some of the Archer's family, I think, can retweet some of that stuff. You know, I, I don't know the familiarity with him. But I, I know that, you know, Kane works out in Southern California and, and knows some of the guys in that program. So I'm assuming that, you know, they've worked out before together. They know each other. Um, you know, Kane's played all over the country in these national youth football stuff. So I, I'm, I'm sure that they, if they're not, you know, first name basis, they at least know each other. But they may be good friends. But I, I think that's good news for Arkansas, you know, fans, because, you know, they to get him to come first, that might have been what you might have thought that you needed to get Kane then to get him. He's already there. Man, he knows that he's there. Um, that's, uh, you know, if they're close, you know, that, that could make a big impact on him. But I, I think he really likes Arkansas a lot. He's got a long time to choose. But I think he does like the Hogs, the, the close proximity. You know, his dad's very uh, supportive of him and all his family. I mean, I think from just a logistics point of view, they would love it for him to be 45 minutes away. I mean, because they're they're so supportive of him. They travel the country with him. I mean, I, I think they would, that would be welcome to them. Of course, they want him to go where he thinks it's going to be the best. But that was an interesting development. Uh, and that's going to be something that we'll keep an eye on, you know, the rest of the time. And, you know, like I said, He's got his chance to shine now. He, he has, we saw glimpses of it last year. He came off the bench. And probably one of the more amazing things I've ever seen, you know, a ninth grader leads them over Northside in this improbable ending with a Hail Mary on an onside kick. And he, he looked like a, you know, a high school senior or a college freshman doing that. And he was a ninth grader. So uh, he, he's going to do some things that we've never seen before. And it's going to start tonight probably. And, uh, I know everybody, a lot of people in Arkansas are rooting for him to go up the hill and, and play there and, you know, combine with the guy from California. Nate, when I think Arkansas high school football, I think running backs, going back to Madre Hill, Kaneko Logan, Cedric Cobbs, Peyton Hillis, Darren McFadden. I mean, the list goes on and on. So many great high school running backs. Give me, give me three or four high school running backs that uh, you should go out and check out this year. Well, I think, that, you know, um, James Martin and Bryant is a really good one. They've actually got like seven seven running backs that are, you know, really, really good. And, and I mean, that's that's the thing that that's crazy about them is that, you know, they they have seven guys. There's like four guys um, that, uh, you know, could probably start anywhere. And then, you know, another three that would play, you know, other places, too. Um, so that's, that's really incredible. Um, you know, they've, so they're, you know, they're, 
they're really loaded there. And, um, you know, we've got, uh, there's a guy, a small school guy that played last night, Braylon Anderson at Hazen. You know, he, he is really good. Ronnie Anoki from Little Rock Christian, um, you know, you'll, some shallow people will see him next week. Uh, he, he was a junior or sophomore last year, kind of burst on the scene. Very, very good, uh, player for them. Um, so yeah, there's, there, there's some good guys around the state. Uh, Deshaun Cheris from Elk, uh, and kind of, I think he's one of the more underrated guys. He's small, but, you know, in that offense, uh, they've got Slay D in the quarterback. Um, that's a good one-two punch with those guys together. And so, uh, and then probably the guy that, you know, there's not a lot of major Division One guys, but Jalen Dupree from Malvern, that's close to the Hot Springs area in the listing area. He ran for 2,000 yards last year. He's committed to Colorado State. He's a three-star. I kind of feel like he's a little bit underrated by the uh, the, the recruiting experts because, uh, you know, if he's, if he's not a major Division one running back, I mean, I, maybe he's steps slow. I mean, they, they get picky about stuff, but he looks really good. And the guy named Dennis Gaines, East Point of the County, way over there in the northeast. Yeah, the EPC. Yeah, the month. Yeah. They, they produce so many good athletes. It's incredible. But he was in the top five of the nation. In, in rushing last year, a small school guy, 3,300 yards and 44 touchdowns. That's at the double-A level, so people are going to, you know, probably scoff at it a little bit. But I told somebody today, it doesn't matter if you're an eight-man, a two-A, seven-A. If you're doing something outlandish like 3,000 yards or something like that, you've done something right. And another guy right down the road in the River Valley, Dax Goff, uh, Kansas State looked at him. He's from Boonville. And I and I've heard you know they've looked at him at linebacker and they haven't quite pulled the trigger. He's committed to Harding University, which if he goes there, I think they're getting steel. I told somebody today, I feel like Arkansas State, Memphis, Tulsa, maybe a bottom tier Big Twelve team is missing out on this guy. Six one, two twenty, probably a four six forty. I'm guessing. I don't know that for sure, but he can move for a big guy, linebacker, running back, and uh, and that run oriented offense, really really good. Uh, for them, so, uh, but yeah, not not as you know, there's not not a McFadden or you know a guy like that really, uh, but you know there's there's some guys that are really good that are getting recruited, and I I mentioned the guys that uh, you know Brian, and there's there's several of those guys that are really good high school running backs, and and some of them that will get recruited, and Daniel Anderson, the guy I didn't mention this earlier, just came into my mind. He's been offered by Notre Dame, Mississippi State, and barely touched the ball last year. And he'll, he'll be a It's all, yeah, man. <clears throat> I know you're fired up about it. We are too. And with the game starting a little bit late, uh, later today, 10 o'clock is, uh, the, is the, uh, the start time for the high school football scoreboard show. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. 
The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Seth, Brent Rooker's sales went out to left center field, and this time Robert won't get it. It is into the stands and gone, number 22, and it's a one-run game. Yeah, Brent Rooker, it's a home run yesterday, and the White Sox win over the Athletics, and I don't really care about the home run. The catch made in the stands. You get a chance to look at this, at this, uh, this highlight that I connected to, and... This is one of the greatest catches I have ever seen a fan make. Gentleman is 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 at first of all he's at a he's at a White Sox A's game. He appears to be wearing a Cleveland Indians uniform. I think it's got number 99 on it. He might be he might be a fan of the wild thing specifically. He's got a plate of nachos in his hand. And he one-hands the ball. He caught this thing in the bleachers at guaranteed rate field. The thing came off Rooker's bat at 103.8 miles per hour. That is not easy to do. Impressive. They didn't get the gentleman's name, unfortunately. I would have thought that he would have been celebrated with two absolutely horrendous baseball teams playing against each other. Yeah, he's a reluctant star. It's always uh, it's always cool to see the fans out there, especially like uh, you, you see a guy holding a beer and a baby, then he catches the ball in the beer, you know, yes. like uses that, or holding your nachos. You got to save it. But would, do you, are you the guy, Phil, when it, so when I go to a baseball game, it's been a couple years, do you bring your ball glove with you? I you, did as a as a kid. Kid. Yes, yeah. I did. Every, every almost every Pirates game I went to with my father, I brought I brought a glove with me. Right. Every once in a while, I'll have the glove in the booth. There's no way we're getting a foul ball at bomb. It doesn't happen there. Um, but I'm all right with guys bringing a glove out to the ballpark. Absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. I think it's uh, it's you know you can you can even set your nachos in it when you're when you're not using it. But uh, absolutely, bring your ball glove with you. You want to really be looked at cross-eyed? Who is try your to walk into the stadium? Try to come in with a full-size bat. See what happens then. Who is your Who is your signature? You know all these baseball gloves. They got a signature on the palm of it. Who is your? You had I that. had one with Ripken on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a Jim Sunberg catcher's mitt. Nice. Which was older than it should have been for my age because Sunberg was not a catcher when I started catching, but I had a Jim Sunberg catcher's mitt and a Kirby Puckett outfield mitt. I, I, I had a King Griffey Jr. and uh, and a George Brett. Those were the two that, uh, that I remember. Yeah. Uh, did you see Steven Strasburg announced his retirement last night? San Diego State legend, right? He's uh, yeah. He, I mean, he was he was no. We've heard his name come up this year, not because of anything that he's done, but because Paul Skeens has been called the best pitching prospect since, since yeah. Steven Strasburg, who came out of uh, San Diego State in two thousand nine as mm-hmm. the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. That was I mean, he good, was in the big leagues the next year. Who was that rotation? They had a good little rotation. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. They they had a couple guys that threw some heat. And did he have two Tommy John surgeries? I know he had one. Well, he had a Tommy John. Yeah. He had thoracic outlet syndrome, the shoulder problem. Yeah. He had a he had a um, 
Man, his injuries the last three years that did him in. Let me see on my notes. A rib injury. He only made one start last year. He had a rib injury that cost him all year. And then this year they, they uh, found that there were damaged nerves. I think from the thoracic outlet uh, syndrome surgery that he underwent. You know, I mean, he, he, was, he was mostly healthy there for about a seven-year stretch. And during that time, he was one of the best pitchers in the game. I mean, when those uh, Washington Nationals won the World Series in 2019 and had the rotation of Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, Max Scherzer, Manibal Sanchez, and uh, and a few other guys that made a start here and there. Yeah, him and Strasburg on the same rotation are like, well, if they can sign Scherzer and they can sign Strasburg, they are going to win some more World Series. And it just it never happened because Scherzer left. Uh, after 2020, or was traded to the Dodgers, and Strasburg was hurt right after signing the contract that he signed. He was the 2019 MVP of the World Series. And then before 2020, the Nationals signed him to a seven-year, $245 million contract. He's made eight starts since signing the contract. And the contract is uninsured because of his previous Injury, so he doesn't history. get guaranteed money. Yeah, no, he, got hurt, he yeah. gets all the money. Okay, the Nationals are on the hook for it wow. because it's an uninsured contract. So they they signed him to two hundred forty five million dollars. He's going to make every cent from it. The Nationals will pay every cent for it, and he's he's going to make a total of eight starts during that contract for two hundred forty five million dollars. That's going to hamstring the Nationals for the entirety of the contract. They're already a really bad team. That's uh, that's better than Chase Daniels, uh, career <laughs> backup, kind of like a Brandon Allen, you know, just getting out there when you, when you get a chance. And uh, man, that's uh, that's wild. Well, you, you want, I mean, you want these players to be healthy and you want to see them play, but it's just the wear and tear on your body, the the longevity. He's been playing at a high level. It's kind of with Shohei Itani trying to play both sides. It's that's, I, I guess it's hard. How do you tell a competitor to rein it in a little bit or hold back a little bit when he is so talented? But it's 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 hard to be pitching and hitting every week like that in the strain on your the strain on your arm. Well, you and, know the national- and he went and pitched in the, the 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 baseball classic, right? Like he won. He was the one that threw that nasty pitch, that little curveball. That there oh was no, like, that was Otani that struck out Trout with that. Pitch that's what that I mean. But up. that's the guy that's hurt now. Like he's, well, he's yeah yeah. He that's was right. just he. So you're you're even playing an in season tournament that's competing at a high level during the season. You're not getting a break. There's no there's no time to rest and recover. Well, the thing with Strasburg is I remember when he came out of San Diego State, some folks would point to his mechanics and the way that his, he made what's called the inverted W. And they said, well, this is going to lead to some injuries in his career. And I think the Nationals even tried to handle him with kid gloves in some cases. I mean, even for somebody that would make 34 starts, I think he averaged about five to six innings in his most uh, in, in, in the season where he threw the, his most innings, you know, so there there was something going on there with his body or his mechanics. And I mean, I'm not a pitching coach; I don't know. But when he was healthy, he was really good. He just wasn't healthy very much at all. And so his career is over at age 33. And I mean, his career really was over at age 30 because that was the last full season, the World Championship season. So was it worth it if you ta- if you ask the Nationals? It's worth it because and and maybe they they just won. They were feeling in their feelings. You know, you just went win a World Series. So you I don't think they felt like they had much of a choice. Right. At that point, you're also hoping. If you don't get that contract insured, you're making a... You're, you're, you're getting somebody to sign a contract, especially with that position as a pitcher. 
you're asking him to sign a seven-year contract where it's uninsured and it's all based on hope. All based on hope. Mike Rizzo, the general manager of the, of, of the Nationals. But I don't think they had a choice. He was the World Series MVP. He was their first pick in the draft nine, 11 years before. And they had to sign him. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this, lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait, call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service, Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. They have everything you need this summer at Eastside Liquor, such as Evan Williams flavored whiskey, soda jerk root beer or orange cream shots, Appalachian sipping cream liqueur, and more. A new law in Arkansas now allows the sale of single 50 milliliter bottles as well. Eastside Liquor, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Stop in or swing by the drive-thru and see Dave and his team today. Let's talk with Neil Atkinson from Bat Saracen. Neil, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing fairly good, fairly good. Anytime uh, you can navigate to Atlanta traffic and uh, come out uh, uh, in one piece, I think I've made an accomplishment here today. <laughs> well, well uh, I feel for you, man, because uh, the big city traffic, no matter the big city, is never going to be a lot of fun to uh, to work your way through. But hopefully, you'll. I'm sure you'll make it. You already have. And, uh, man, that caught yeah. me by surprise. I was looking on the specials on Bet Sarazen, and I see 2024 NFL draft. But, you know, that's got to go along yeah. with the start of the college football season, doesn't it? I, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I tell other people all the time, there's two seasons here in the South, football season and wait, waiting on football season. And, and thankfully, we're going to get some uh, real football going on here this weekend. Uh, and, uh and, 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 you know, it's just my favorite time of year. Now, the only thing about this weekend is is I just wish we had a little bit of football weather right now. Uh, it's kind of what we need, especially with all the, the, the kids playing out in the high school games and things of that nature. And it's, it's going to be a hot one, but uh, I'm telling people the only thing hotter than the, than the weather is going to be on, on uh, uh, this weekend is the, is the betting action. Uh, that we expect to see uh, on Bet Saracen for week zero of college football. I was just looking down the list at some of the SEC leaders uh, last year, and do y'all have uh, individual, like are y'all doing um, like K.J. Jefferson numbers or receiver numbers and touchdown numbers? Yeah, if, you, if you'll go to the special tabs, we actually have uh, the, the, the the double R uh, special tabs, that, and those are season-long props. Now, we're going to put out probably on Monday, uh, after the uh, dust settles from the weekends, we'll put out the Western Carolina props. I'm trying to make a decision here um, whether or not I'm only going to do those props for the game just for the first half 
for the first two quarters versus the entire game because there is some anticipation that, you know, maybe not all the starters will be playing the second half. We don't know that yet, but uh, just based on the level of competition that Arkansas is playing on their season opener, we may modify those just for first half stats just so we can, uh, you know, make the odds of the pricing uh, better for the sports better. Neil, it looks like the uh, the odds on the money line have changed a little bit for Arkansas's over-under win total. And uh, uh, yep. just judging by what I see here, minus 160 for over 6.5, plus 130 under 6.5. The money's on Arkansas to go over 6.5 uh, wins. I don't blame them for thinking that way, but this is also – this. When, when did these odds start changing? They probably started changing about – Two weeks ago, um, the lines start moving a little bit when, when um, you know they start you know uh, reporting to camp and getting closer to the games. People start dialing in. Uh, you start learning more about you know where the injury situations is and, and things of that nature. So yeah, those lines are moving a little bit now. Um, you know some of the lines are move is you, you see them move towards Arkansas favor because, you know, everybody right now has the same record in college football for, for the most part, and, and, and a lot of the fans are eager to bet. And a lot of people don't let, like betting the under on their team, uh, especially on season wins and things of that nature. So those lines are moving where the money is coming in, and, and, and that's what's moving the lines now on those particular markets. That, yeah, that being said, that's that's a good point, Neil. And, and, and Phil and I, we were kind of talking about, I mean, what are you going to do the, the last couple of weeks to talk college football? And, and looking around the country, are there some other teams that maybe take Florida in the under? Or, or, or do you all put the over-under on every team in the SEC? Yeah, we, we've got a lot of the futures. We have total wins on just about every, um, every Power 5 conference team that's out there. And, and, and right now is the time that you want to lock in on those numbers, uh, you know, based on, based on which way that you want to go. Because, you know, I've talked about it with you before. I may have it on by the end of the next week, right before uh, next weekend. If not, it will be on the week after. We're going to turn on our beta version of our marketplace to where if you make a future bet and the odds change uh, to your favor uh, for that bet, you can list it on the marketplace and sell that bet or whatever you think you can get for it if somebody will pick it up. And conversely, you can go on the marketplace and see if somebody's priced something as a value that you may want to pick up. And uh, that's going to give people liquidity on their future bets, and they don't have to wait till the end of the season for that bet to settle. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Southern California with the best odds on bets, Arizona on the money line for making the college football playoff. Um don't see Alabama on that list. It's, it makes it a little bit different than usual. It feels like it's more up in the air this year, doesn't it? Well, you know, I, I think most Arkansas fans uh, don't mind seeing that. Uh, maybe we it, pretty soon uh, we can uh, replace that uh, A for Alabama with the real A for Arkansas and <laughs> up here at the top. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody's got Alabama fatigue over the years. Uh, you know, everybody knows that I'm a Tennessee fan, and, Believe me, until last year, I had uh, almost 20 years worth of fatigue with Alabama. So uh, it, it's nice seeing uh, the parity. And I, I think that goes to show you the effect of uh, NIL and the transfer portal has. You know, um, it, it, it's getting even more interesting. And then next year with the expanded playoffs and, and the conference realignments, it's, college football is going to look different here in the very near future. It, well, it already is. 
Well, yeah, it, it really does. Uh, it already does look different. But yeah, this is the last year where college football will have a a little bit of that similar look to previously. And I just checked on your on the Bet Sarazen app. Uh, the over under on Alabama is ten and a half, and the money's yep. coming in heavy on under. Ten and a half. Yep. It's just that's just so rare to see those sort of expectations. Ten wins. We would be really happy with ten wins here over in Alabama. Oh. Much different, and they're a little bit uh, they're skeptical. Neil, are you getting any? Are you getting any action already? Or, well, I guess maybe it's not up, but that Alabama Texas game week two, and, and what, kind of what Phil's talking about that under for ten and a half. That could be a big time matchup right there. Oh yeah, that absolutely is a big time matchup. I mean. You know, next weekend, you know, the Florida State uh, LSU one is the one that uh, I'm really looking hard at. Um, you know, LSU stumbled out of the gate last year, and then, you know, they became relevant in at the end of the season. You know, the, the uh, that one right there is, is a make or break for LSU on this season. And, and, and it's, you know, it's basically the first game of the season. College basketball futures arrive, too. You know, we don't, we don't start the season until November. Um, so we're a little right. more than two months away. But you guys had your preseason stuff up for college football two months before the football season started, so it's right about on time. Yeah. Hogs are plus 750 to make the Final Four, plus 400 to win the SEC regular season. It's pretty good odds. Uh, but uh, it's just, yeah, just a sign that college basketball is not too far away either. Yeah, and, and, and look, I mean, the end of October and November is a special time with the sports book because, you know, depending on how long the World Series are going, I mean, we could have almost everything in play for a couple of days, you know, all the major sports. Uh, the only other time that really happened was during COVID, and, and, and I never want to see that again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's incredible um, what, what I'm anticipating to happen this fall. And, and, and I'm interested to see what kind of betting action is going to be on the NBA midseason tournament. That one fascinates me. And I think that's a great opportunity from a bookmaker's view of spurring a lot of interest when, when, when typically the time of year all the interest is on football uh, with the NFL and the bowl games. I uh, got to ask about what? Go ahead, Matt. You got something? Well, how about that first game of the year, Neil? That that Notre Dame uh, Navy game over there in Ireland. Are, are you prepared for that? We're pretty much prepared for it. You know, anytime it's the first game of the season, um, because it's very very sophisticated for all of these markets that we're mapping. I'm, I'm being told I'm supposed to have flash bets up for the Notre Dame game tomorrow. It will be the first time we have done flash bets on college football. We may not populate all of the flash bet markets just to make sure everything is working 100% as intended. Those flash bets are extremely complicated because we have to uh, make sure those odds populate, and then we have to be able to score them basically before the next play, and I've got to make sure those feeds are working as intended, and, and, and we're, I'm, I'm getting, I, I was told, oh, we're all ready for it, and then, of course, at the last minute, you always find one little technical thing, and uh, I've got people working overnight to make sure and run a couple of more simulation tests to make sure we're ready for that game tomorrow. Hopefully, we do not fumble, but uh, my tech guys have always gotten me over the finish line with Bet Saracen. I don't see why they won't do it tomorrow. But, like you said, there's no guarantees in sports betting uh, when you're dealing with this technology and it's the first time you're doing it uh, on your platform. You always, you know, it's always a nail-biter for me. Uh, and it's sort of like a, a nail-biter for somebody getting ready to hit the game-winning field goal or cover the spread. Yeah, I always want to feel when you, when, when, you turn, when you turn things on, you want it to work. 
but your app works. Yeah. It works on the web browser. Is there a difference in experience, the user experience, between either the mobile app or if you use BetSarazen on, on the web browsers? Not really. It's more of a personal preference. Now, really, the, the, the performance of the app and the performance of on your web browser is primarily dependent on your internet connection. And, um, you know, if, if you have high-speed internet and um, you're at a desktop and you're at a static uh, uh, IP address, uh, that's the address that, that, that where you are on the internet and, and you're not on any VPN, the experience on a laptop can be extremely fast. But only about 5% of all of the bets made of BetSaracen are made on a laptop. The rest of it is on iPhones and Android devices. Um, and, and to me, uh, a lot of people tell me it's, sometimes it's easier for them to make the bet on the app because they can do it with one thumb. They, know, they, they get muscle memory. They can hit the bet slip, put their total in, and, and get their bet in pretty quick. It's, it's incredible to see uh, how fast somebody can navigate through these screens once they play with it around a little bit. Last thing, text out of the 479 asks, does win total count bowl games if you're if you're if you're doing an over under no. for preseason no it is regular season only unless it's designated elsewhere so all the win totals are for regular season games only and then uh, we also have a separate market for SEC win totals so uh, uh, make sure you check that and here is my biggest number one public service announcement for sports betters. There is a market out there called Anytime Touchdown. And a lot of quarterbacks fall in that area. That's if they have a rushing touchdown or if they do a trick play and catch the touchdown. Remember, the touchdown goes to the person who crosses the goal line or catches the ball uh, in, in the end zone, not the person who throws it. That's the most common mistake that we get, especially with newer sports bettors and at the first couple of games of the season, is that any time touchdown market. It's the one who physically scores it, not the one who throws it or hands it off. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.